So, you know, you mentioned that though, that Wolf of Wall Street, that boiler room, kind of a stock, that's actually great training, right? I mean, that's, it, it sort of maybe looks t- tough and it is tough, but that's really good training. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, those guys are, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about like 13 hours a day. <laughs> I was on the phone just grinding. Yeah. It was by far one of the best. Um, compounded with my bill collecting. So when yeah. I got into real estate, it was like, this is a walk in the park. Yeah, I was going to say, once you do that Wolf of Wall Street thing, and then you transition from that to a bill collector, like I would imagine when you get rejected from like a homeowner not wanting to list with you or whatever, that's nothing. Like you've probably, you oh, know, yeah. you've already conquered those fears of rejection. Like you've had to deal with that. So you're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Started Real Estate. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you listening to the show. It's always awesome to know that there's folks out there getting something out of this and really enjoying it and able to apply it to their business. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, I've got a good one for you today, guys. I have somebody on who's been in this game for a long time. I started back in 2008. Uh, This gentleman was like late 90s, early 2000s and hit right when things were booming like crazy and he talks about how that all kind of went away and things changed around 2008. But, you know, he started at a time where things were really, really booming. And now he is the president and CEO of McCormick National Holdings. He has more than 20 years of experience, like I said, in real estate and the investing uh, world. And he hosts two successful podcasts and a YouTube show and regular appearances on television news and radio shows for his knowledge and insight. He's licensed California broker, uh, an accredited investor, certified fund manager, and a successful uh, business person all around. He has a long history of success with thousands of transactions successfully closed and just uh, an absolute knows what he's talking about. He's just, he's, just a, he's just a killer. He's just great. He knows his stuff. And I had a good time talking to him. His name is Joe Mendoza, and I cannot wait for you to hear this interview because it was awesome. And by the way, from a broker's perspective, uh, he really shared some great, great tips about what you can expect coming up in the coming months uh, in this economy that we're kind of moving into, how we position ourselves to really succeed. So I hope you get a lot out of this. I know it was an interview that I got a lot out of. So without any further ado, I give you Joe Mendoza. All right, Joe, thank you for being on the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. It's fun. Thank you for inviting me. I was really looking forward to talking and sharing a few things with you. Yeah, totally. I can't wait either. Like I told you off the air here, we I do. I always do my cyber stalking. I want to know who I'm talking to and get a better sense of them. Um, but it's a it's a fine line, right? I don't want to know everything because some things are fun to discover during the interview. But uh, but I do enough so that I, I understand where you where you, you know where you are, who you are, where you come from, all that stuff. But uh, let's do a really good job of, of winding back. I know you started really really young in real estate. What got you into real estate? Why real estate? And then you know what what was those first couple of years like for you? Okay, sounds great. Well, my dad was a Navy man. Uh, my mom was, you know, civil service. So just really middle of the road, working class, you know, he was first generation from the Philippines. And so we didn't have a luxurious lifestyle. And one day I was at my buddy's house and my uncle was talking to me 
And he goes, Hey Joe, you want to be rich, man, get into real estate. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Right. How old were exactly. you at this point? How, how old, how old are we talking? 17. Okay. Okay. 17. And so he was saying, Hey, there's a Robert Allen seminar um, coming up. I got a couple extra tickets if you want to go. And I go, Hey, that sounds like a great idea. I want to check it out. And so I went over, saw the live event with Robert Allen and I was just in awe. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is it. This yeah. is what I've been dreaming of. And so I want to be a real estate investor. And so in high school, I actually started taking some real estate classes. Maybe the easier way to get in was like, Hey, you know what? Let's get some classes at the university and maybe I could get my license or do something. I didn't know what to do, Yeah, but I said, at least this might be a great way to get in. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny. I hear people tell me stories of how they got started and it's like, you know, a Robert Allen something or, you know, Carlton Sheets, you know, CDs or DVDs or whatever. Like it's always like... It seems like, you know, you get in front of somebody who has that knowledge and that experience and all you need is to be like a fire to be ignited, right? Like the first person that I ever was around who really made me believe I could do it, it wasn't so much what he was telling me. It was like the belief that he gave me, right? And sometimes you just need to believe it and you need to be around people who also believe it and are doing it. So you have that concept, a proof of concept. That's awesome. So Robert Allen, back when you were 17, and have you ever done anything except real estate? In other words, have you ever worked a nine to five kind of a job? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, 1989, 1990, starting to get into real estate and then took all the classes. I took three classes at the university while I was in high school. And then I started to find out that the market was not that good. (laughs) I started to see that there was foreclosures. And at that time, I saw it as a bad thing. Little realizing that was probably a really good market to go and you know, conquer, but I didn't know any better. So I got scared a little bit and I said, you know what? I got accepted to San Diego State. Let's just go down this road and go to San Diego State, finish up my four-year degree. And right out of college, I became a stockbroker trainee. I hmm. uh, started cold calling, Wolf on Wall Street, Boiler yeah. Room, that was me. Wow. You know, so wow. I had to learn how to cold call. And then I, then the dot-com bust happened where there was no need for a stockbroker kind of tough times and I lost my job. I got fired actually and ended up landing a job as a bill collector because I couldn't find anything, right? Yeah. Believe it or not, I did that for about four years and I was like, you know, I actually did pretty good, you know, but this isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And so as I was working as a bill collector, I jumped back into real estate and uh, learned from somebody that was in the agent side, okay. you know, buying, selling homes for regular clients. Yep. And that's where it reignited and I just caught it at the really, really what, right. When right was time. that? What what year are we talking? 98. Okay. Yeah. That's, that was a good time for sure. So, you know, you mentioned that though, that Wolf of Wall Street, that boiler room, kind of a stock, that's actually great training, right? I mean, that's, it, it sort of maybe looks t- tough and it is tough, but that's really good training. I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, those guys are, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about like 13 hours a day. <laughs> I was on the phone just grinding. Yeah. It was by far one of the best. Um, compounded with my bill collecting. So when yeah. I got into real estate, it was like, this is a walk in the park. Yeah, I was going to say, once you do that Wolf of Wall Street thing, and then you transition from that to a bill collector, like I would imagine when you get rejected from like a homeowner not wanting to list with you or whatever, that's nothing. Like you've probably, you oh, know, yeah. you've already conquered those fears of rejection. Like you've had to deal with that. So that's really, oh, yeah, really, crazy yeah. stories, Mike. I mean, some people actually wanted to come to my office and 
you know, beat me down. And <laughs> yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I've as a, even as an investor, I've had people threaten me because I've sent them a, a letter saying, "Hey, I buy houses. I'd love to buy your house if you're ever interested." Like something real soft. I've had I've had people call me and threaten my life because I sent them a letter. You know, it's like I always wonder what do they what do they say to Domino's Pizza or what do they say to like Papa John's when they get the thing in the mail saying we want to sell you pizza? Like, do they call them and threaten them too, or is it just <laughs> me? Something I did. Um, that's funny. So you went down the agency route, and it's funny you say you know back when when everyone was saying real estate you know bad, and you got kind of scared because you didn't know that was actually a good time. It's funny. I started in real estate in uh, in 2008, so we know what happened at that time, right? And yeah. same thing, ev- the, everyone in the media was screaming, get out of real estate. But that's like, you need to run the opposite direction of the masses because while they're running from, you know, you're, you're a stock guy, right? The stocks were low at that point. Like that's when you buy. Real estate was dirt cheap. Now we'll look at it, right? Like, I don't know about where exactly where you are. I think it's pretty hot probably there too. Where I am, you know, real estate is almost at an all-time high. Like it's really, really up. So that those are the great times to get in. It's just the problem is the media is telling you something so emphatically that it's it's counterintuitive to do the opposite. But yeah, that's where a lot of money is made. Exactly. I mean, it's their business, right? That's yeah. kind of what they get paid to do. But I got to say, I mean, for whoever's listening, this is the time again. Yeah. We're get ready, get yeah. ready in six to 18 months. I firmly, firmly believe that if you got money parked anywhere, get yeah. ready to deploy it and start. Acquiring. 100%. Totally yeah. agree with you. I, I've had more than one person on this show recently say the exact same thing. And I've been telling people the same thing. I don't know when it'll be. Could be in six months. Could be in 18 months, 24 months. Like nobody has the exact timeline, but we all agree it's happening. You know, Um, just say, I'm just good. Now that you brought that up, it's a good question. In your opinion, I know it's just an opinion, so no one's going to hold you to this, but how bad relative to 2007, eight, how bad do you think it'll be? Will it be on that level? Do you think, or worse, better? What, where do you think, where do you think it'll happen? I'm so glad you asked me that, Mike, because I do have the crystal ball. Okay, good, good, good. (laughs) Everyone turn up your volume. This is it right here. (laughs) For the record. No. Yeah. Well, here, here's how I look at it. I don't think in some cases it will be as bad as the last bus because the two things that came into play were the lending guidelines were so lenient and the builders overbuilt. So those two variables alone, uh, I would say that screwed up the last market to, to ascend. Now this one, however, um, there's going to be some, some variables that will come into play depending on the side of the fence you're sitting on. So like the lending side, they're, they're way more conservative than ever, ever. They're pulling a lot of different programs. So will it be bad on the lending side? I don't think so. Uh, As far as the supply and demand side, it's actually pretty hot because the builders didn't overbuild. So there's actually a shortage. Yeah. Uh, From the investor side, I would say, hey, be ready because right now, what's really keeping it afloat, I would say, and this kind of fake economy that we're seeing is about four things, maybe the um, stimulus money, the PPP, the SBA, and the unemployment. So people have this fake money, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that's kind of keeping the economy afloat. But check out what's in the back backlog here. We're like, okay, some business owners, especially restaurateurs, they're at 50% capacity or less. Okay. I was down the street, Mike, down the street, this nice pizza restaurant. I was waiting for my sushi to take out. I walked up because it was vacant. 
blanket. And then I read on their window eviction. Okay. So those folks, okay, they get evicted, the tenant. Well, who's paying the mortgage on that commercial lease? You know, the yeah. the owner of that could only sustain so long because sure. whatever's in reserves, it's getting depleted. So it's going to be a really interesting market. How bad? Well, depends. It really depends on which yeah. side of the fence you're on. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I've, I've heard this from more than one person who has experience and I think you're 100% right. So uh, if you're out there listening to this, you know, when I, when I got started 2008, I didn't know anything. I had no money saved. Like I, I got in at a good time. I just didn't get in a good time to totally capitalize, but it was still a good time to get in for, for an investor. And I always say it all the time. And I'm sure you, you agree with this. Nobody wants to see everyone lose their house and go through foreclosure. Like it's going to be devastating and it's going to be tough for some people, but that's going to happen regardless of whether or not you save money and put yourself in a position to be able to, um, from a business standpoint, really, you know, do well during that period. So it's happening either way. It's kind of almost, I heard someone say this recently, and I don't know, I'll ask you, I won't just say you agree with this, but I'll ask you, you know, if you run a business, especially if you have people on your team, employees, people that, that look to you to make good decisions, and if you have a family, whatnot, it's sort of, it's your responsibility to understand the market, where it is, and make sure that you're poised to be in a good position when things change. Like it's kind of, it's a responsibility that you have to your family, to your team, to your employees, whatever the case may be. Because I've heard a lot of people, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot. I've heard enough people sort of go, I feel really bad, like buying up all these houses if they get, you know, if they really like bottom out and foreclosure, I feel bad. It's like, why? You didn't, you didn't cause it. You're not kicking them out. Like something's going to happen to these houses. And, you know, if you own, if own a business, it's sort of your responsibility to be in a position to, to be able to buy those. So anyways, that's my little two cents, but I, I, I feel bad or I don't like to hear when people have this weird like guilt about buying a house that used to cost, I'm going to use Midwest numbers. That's where I am. Close your ears because this isn't your world. But, you know, it used to be $150,000 house and now it's a, you know, $45,000 house, you know, like which is exactly what happened in 2008. Like, don't feel bad for buying for 45000 That's 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 just the reality of the situation. In San Diego, maybe it's, we're talking about a $600,000 house that turns into a $450,000. I don't know what it looks like for you guys price-wise. Did, did you guys take a big hit in San Diego back in like 2007, 2008? Did things really drop? 50%. 50, yeah. 50%. Yeah, so where huge. they were a million-dollar house, they went down to half a million. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. And, and yeah. the thing is, a crazy, when that kind of thing happens, it usually... Or like in 2008, it happened so fast that it wasn't like we're talking about houses that were dilapidated. Like these are houses that people were living in a few months earlier. Now they, they're half their, their price and it's like they're nice houses. You know what I mean? It's crazy times. But yeah, I think it's going to happen again. I just don't know. When. Yeah, I, I guess with that said, I would just say, hey, folks, whoever's listening, make sure you really do some due diligence who you're working in front of. Make sure they're really listening to your needs because there there are people that will take advantage. Sure. And there are people that are willing to help. And so like, you know, ask for a great referral and do your due diligence. And at the end of the day, are they listening to your needs? And are they looking out for your best interest? Because 2007, 2009, Mike, I mean, you could look it up on YouTube. I did a whole video. I think it was around 2004-ish. And I was telling people 2007, 2009, 
you know what? I can't tell you to stop paying, but what I can tell you, it'll be in your best interest to attempt to do a short sale and not just walk away. Yeah. And if they would have watched that video, if they would have really heeded my advice, they would have found out that like, Hey, you know what? If we drop 50%, it's going to take 10 to 15 years to go back to normal Mm -hmm. and then maybe gain something. And I did the math on that video and people that listened to me did well. Those that didn't really like, you know, took a very humbling experience experience uh, through that. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, by and large, probably most people listening are on the real estate investor side, but you know, we all we all find ourselves in different situations, but you're right. Sometimes, you know, people you don't have to just foreclose. Like you don't have to go that route. You can take steps to save your credit or minimize the damage to your credit. You don't have to just walk away. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people in, you know, 10, 12 years ago is they, they walked away and, you know, they had to pay for that for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, the, the reality is there is a lot that's sort of propping up the, the, the economy and the stimulus checks, like you said, unemployment, like all of that stuff is temporary. So when that, I mean, when you're saying six to 18 months, it's like, well, when are those things going to stop? When was, is unemployment going to run out? Like all, when all these things hit their limit, that's when the bottom's going to fall. Right, and, right. And then every state is different because yeah. of the foreclosure proceedings. So, yeah. you know, as soon as that money runs out, then they go through foreclosure when they start getting behind. And yeah. depending on what state and depending <clears throat> what lender, how quickly are they going to record the notice of default? Then the notice the yeah, sale yep. and all that good stuff. And how I, bombarded I are they at the time that you default? How many defaults have happened before you that they're backlogged? That's what happened last time. But I think, you know, the the difference in this now in, in like 2008, one of the biggest differences back in 2008, and you said this, is real estate itself and lending was at the heart of the problem, right? That's not the case this time. That's right. Real estate will will, will feel the effects, but it's not the problem. So right. it, it might not be quite as bad, but it, who knows? We'll see, I guess, how it all how it all plays out. But crazy times, man. So how has this time, this the, the pandemic, all that, how has that affected your the way you conduct business or the way that you have to go about, you know, running your your company? Sure. So with my brokerage business, I actually uh, joined another company. And so I consolidated in that regard, oh, okay. which I think was bittersweet news because I own my own independent boutique brokerage and I ended up joining this big company called EXP recently. I know who they are. And yeah. They have a, yeah, they have a lot to offer for my investment company. Uh, we're still looking at transactions. So I have a good amount of investors uh, that I have in um, my my Rolodex or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're looking at deals right now. So we're still looking at the numbers. We're looking at the motivation of the, for the seller. Uh, we're looking not only at multifamily, but we're looking at other asset classes, um, you know, mobile yeah. homes, um, hotels, you know, so there's, a, I think, a lot of opportunities starting yeah. to pop up. You know, the timing is everything. So we want to yeah. make sure that all the boxes check and then, yeah, we'll make a run for it. Nice. Yeah, it's coming for sure. So it, it, anyone who's like, wow, this is really hard. And maybe even if you're worried that COVID has caused problems, like get ready because it, it, it's going to be great. I mean, it's really going to be a good time to get into real estate. So it, there is, it's always a good time, but there's going to be some different things happening that's going to make it unique when it's coming up here. Um, so what I know you've done... Just just tons and I mean, transactions for years, like you've just probably done thousands of transactions at this point. What is the mainstay of your company now? Are you doing a lot of flips or wholesales or anything like that? Or is it all retail uh, broker great stuff? Question, great question. So personally, I still help my friends and family every now and then. 
a good amount of them I have turned into investors. So I taught them along the way and they always ask me advice and ask me about 1031 exchanges. And I'm in the middle of one right now where, you know, it's not a very big one, but he's going to do a 1031 exchange. Mm-hmm. He's a friend. And so I'm going to help him out and he's, I'm going to help him create his portfolio. Uh, so I'm still helping in that regard. As far as um, my investment side, I mentioned earlier, I'm not doing a whole lot of fix and flips Okay. right now. I'm kind of like, you know, there's only so much time in a day. Yeah, I know. And so, I'd rather <laughs> leverage into other opportunities. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I hear you, man. I think one of the biggest uh, struggles that I hear entrepreneurs like you and I is it's hard to say no sometimes. We see opportunities. We understand how we can add value to a situation. And it's very tempting for us to dive in and go for it because that's just what we're made of. Um, I, there's something I have in my notes here I want to talk to you about. And I, I always really enjoy when I see this in my notes and when my research for people, because we talk about real estate and making money and how we're going to position ourselves and how we're going to really, you know, crush it. But I know that you have a passion for um, uh, volunteering and, and, and giving back. Um, and it's unusual, I know, to maybe be asked about this on a real estate investing show, but I think it's important. And I really enjoy talking to people that are good people because I think that uh, people who are willing and, and interested in giving back a lot of times receive, you know, just as a byproduct because it's just, I think it's just good to be good. So I'd love for you to be able to talk a little bit about what that, those activities and, and some of the things that are important. Absolutely. So I have a couple kids. They're both teenagers. So whenever they're involved in anything, whether it's sports or a hobby or anything like that, I'll volunteer. I'll be one of the leaders. Uh, My son most recently was in the Boy Scouts. So I became an assistant scout master, you know, and pretty much most of my uh, adult life, I've been involved with something, whether it's a Boys and Girls Club where I sat on the board of that. Um, I was on a nonprofit uh, film festival, um, San Diego Asian Film Festival. Hmm. I was with them. You know, I've done stuff for the church every now and then too. And so it's just one of those things. uh, I think a lot of what I do right now on giving back is with mentorship and coaching. So I have a lot of people that I coach throughout the nation and a couple outside internationally in Canada and Philippines. Hmm. And so where my advice or my partnership would cost a lot of money, I think from that regard where I feel like I could give back is seeing, seeing them succeed Yeah, because a lot of them, I mean, their production goes from wherever it is to like double, triple. And, you know, I have a few, uh, about a half a dozen that could literally that I'm coaching right now could pull the plug and they're financially free. Their only thing is they're still pretty young. They want to just keep going. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've, I've helped them get to that level where some of them had massive, massive debt. That's awesome. That's huge. And that feels really, really good. And just talking about, you know, like your kids and coaching their teams and things like that. You know, growing up, I, I my dad was tough on us really hard. I had a lot of discipline that, but he always coached our baseball teams and, you know, he was always nice. involved in at the sporting events. So that's the kind of stuff kids remember. And that's really important to, you know, because we're, we, we, can get so caught up in the business, you know, it's easy to just next thing you know, your, your kids are bad and they're gone and, and you didn't even see them. Right. So taking that time, it's awesome. It's good. It's good. Just a good, you know, life lesson really for to kind of take a break every once in a while Absolutely. and hang out with the kids. So listen, is there anything that you have going on right now that you'd like to talk about, tell people about before we end this? I want to see if there's any uh, projects or things that you want to be able to 
put out there so people know what you're excited about right now? Oh yeah, I would just say I'm, I'm looking at a few deals right now and I would just say, folks, know your number, know your formula, know like if it's commercial real estate, I mean, stress test the deal where like before, if you were hovering around a 5% vacancy, take it up to 15. If you were at a debt service coverage, coverage ratio at about one and a quarter, 1.3, take it up to 1.8. You know, be really, really conservative and stress test your numbers because quite frankly, you know, when I actually started investing back, it was back in 2001, it was really speculative where I Mm -hmm. banked on appreciation. I really didn't know my numbers and I was a novice, but I got kind of lucky because a lot of my transactions, I made a lot of money, but that was purely speculation, appreciation, not Mm -hmm. knowing the numbers. So I would say all the deals that I'm looking at right now, sometimes I'm a little slow. Sometimes I'm going to need help. Sometimes um, I'm going to have to double check with a mentor, somebody more experienced. So I would say like listeners, you know, Mike sounds like a really great guy getting to know him even more and more. I'm starting to like, man, I'll probably be hanging out with this guy more. (laughs) I would say, you know what? Partner up with folks like him and myself and just, you know, you can't do this by yourself. This is not a solo sport. It's definitely a team sport. Totally. Yep. It's funny you mentioned the appreciation speculation. That was the time of the day. I mean, all over the country, people, I mean, I remember in my market, there were, there were local, you know, gurus, I'm doing air quotes, gurus saying, buy a, buy a house for a hundred thousand, hold it for a year, sell it for 115 and make 15 grand. Like that was, that was a strategy. Like appreciation was the whole strategy. Just funny how things change. And obviously those strategies crashed hard later that decade, but um, yeah, t- too funny. Totally. I can totally relate to that. And thank you for the kind words about, about me. I appreciate, I feel the same about you. It's awesome. Um, So listen, is there, if anyone is going to hold you, I can see if, if you're not watching us on video, uh, joemendoza.com. Is there anything else uh, as far as connecting with you that you would like to let people know? Yeah. Go ahead and watch my YouTube channel. Go ahead and enter your email. I've I've given a lot, a lot of great information. And it's one of those things that I want to add value, Yeah, you know, for a listener or for somebody who's turning into a fan or follower is I'm a firm believer in pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. It's all about the, you know, karma. The more you give, the more you're going to get, but it's the good energy, the good vibrations. Totally. I couldn't agree more. It's a great place to end it. I love that message. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time and uh, getting to know you better. And uh, thanks for all the great advice. Tons of gold that you just dropped all over the place here for people. So hopefully everyone got a ton out of that. I appreciate your time, Joe, and, and thanks for doing this. Thank you, Mike. I totally appreciate it as well. Okay, awesome. Thank you. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I had a good time meeting Joe and getting to know him. The guy just has a ton of experience and just he's just been around. He knows what he's talking about, and he shared so much good stuff with us, not only about how he built his business and what he did, but what you can expect going forward in our economy and what's happening now. Guys, I say it all the time. You should take my guest's hindsight and make it your foresight. You should take my hindsight, things that I did right and wrong, and use it to steer in your future. Look at my past. Look at my guest past. Look at all these people we bring on. What did they do right and wrong? And use that as foresight going forward for you. Guys, that is the key. That's how I built my business. That's how I've succeeded in virtually everything I've done. It's by taking someone who's already done it and redo what they've already done and what they're telling me. And that's all we're doing here. So hopefully that was helpful to you and you got a lot out of that. 
As always, there's nothing that's going to change what's happening in your life unless you change it. You're responsible for you. Get out there and make today the best day. All right, we'll see you next time. Okay, you're still there. You're still listening. That's awesome. And I really appreciate that. Now, hopefully it wasn't an accident. Hopefully you didn't leave the room and I'm just talking to an empty room right now. But assuming you're still there, I want to do something really, really cool for you. For a limited time, I want to give you a free digital download of my book, the entire book, level jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital download and you can get that by texting the words, just start as two words. Now just start to the number five, five, four, four, Four. So text just start to 55444. I will send you a free digital download of my book. It's the complete book. There's nothing held back. And that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me. And I really, really appreciate it, guys. So I want to do something nice for you. I do this every once in a while at the end of shows. And if you listen to the very end, every once in a while, I do a giveaway like this. So hopefully you enjoy that. Go grab a free copy. I hope you read it. I hope you love it. Reach out. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Talk to you next time.